Let's all join together and pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock, you are our redeemer. Amen. One of the most frustrating times in our lives has to be whenever we have to work with someone who isn't ready. Oh yeah. You can tell because those frustrations just start to pour out of our mouths. Well, waiting on you. We're going to be late. You didn't prepare your part of the PowerPoint for the presentation, did you? If you don't know the play in practice, you know where you're going to be for the game? You're going to be sitting there over on the bench trying to learn what we actually have to do here. There is something infuriating, something just different about having to work together with someone who isn't ready. But I think also the flip side is pretty true too. There is something special about working together with someone who is prepared and who's ready. Now, you know the type of person, right? It's time to leave and you can't find them because they're already in the car waiting on you. You forgot to do your slides and guess what? They read your part of the homework and they're already ready and willing to help you put new slides together that when the game is on the line and you call timeout and they come over to you and you call the play, you can see it in their eyes. They know what's coming up. They've got confidence. You can trust in them because they're ready. They know. So if we can be a little bit vulnerable and honest with each other this morning, like we want to be, we can admit that there have been times when you and I are far from ready and prepared like we should be. There's also been other times in our lives where we are ready and we're confident and we know what's coming up and we know what's going on and we know what's next. We've learned in this world that there are rewards and there are consequences for whatever level of preparation we are at for things in our life. So, let's move on to something that's much more important than being ready and prepared for the things of this world. Today we're going to listen to what Jesus has to say about getting ready for what's next eternally. In talking to his disciples, Jesus said to them, be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for them. Basically, he's telling them that they need to be ready because he's coming back. For us as Christians, this is part of our duty. You need to be prepared for your master. The end is near, so be ready for what's next. It's really interesting. You and I can easily forget that while we do live in the end times and we understand that, that there is an end to all of this. 
This is just a waiting place. And there's not going to be a second chance after this. So Christians, be ready for what's next. Now again, uh, vulnerable and honest, personal confession time. Uh, God has me preaching this message, sharing this message with all of you this morning in a sermon that I promised, absolutely promised our communications director, Michelle, that I was going to have done and written and finished by Thursday morning. It was going to be there and ready for her. And Michelle did not get this sermon until late Friday afternoon. And it was because I let the conversations run long. I didn't get up right away after my alarm went off. I tried to cross other things off my to-do list and, yep, I wasn't ready like I wanted to be. But it had me wondering as I was getting this ready, if we let the things of this world even stop us from getting ready for the things of this world, how can we ever be ready for the much more important time to come? How can you? I mean, think about what is so easy to focus on. It's the day-to-day, the week-to-week. There is so much that we get a calendar and a daily planner that we write out everything and we try to cross off everything and get it done. So how about doing your Christian duty that Jesus calls you to do so that you might be ready for what's next eternally? Well, I think something amazing happens when you do this. When you make a point to write down an event that you're looking forward to, that changes things, right? Anticipation. Excitement builds for that day. They're not here. But then, they're coming back stateside. They're coming back to Jacksonville after that long tour, that time of not seeing them. On this day, We get to take the family vacation that we've been waiting for, building up for years to do, and this is the day that we actually get there and get to enjoy it. On this day, school's done. No more tests, no more quizzes, no. Now it's break time and I get to do what I want to get to do because now school is over. Being ready and getting ready to look forward to things that are coming up, when we do something like this, it comes a little bit easier. It's natural. For you, that's what's coming. A time to look forward to. Jesus told his disciples, it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he, the master, will dress himself to serve. He will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. The end is near, and it will be good. When it's that time, the roles, this is crazy, the roles reverse. You don't have to be ready after that point ever again. Your work stops, then the master serves you. When the end comes, the only thing that's left for you to do is enjoy it. 
you know, as crazy as a master serving his servants, is that you and I can have confidence that we are ready for the end, even now, even with all the distractions going on in our lives. How? Not because you and I make ourselves ready. Not because we've got things laid out perfectly. No. How are we ready? It's all Jesus. Jesus gently guides our hearts away from the distracting things of this world. Jesus describes for us the better and perfect life that we have to look forward to, that life that is coming after the end. Jesus' forgiveness what he did for you is the real reason why you can feel ready and prepared even now, even with all those distractions because right now you have no sin. You're perfect. You live in the end times. The better time is coming and this is awesome. Right now, you're ready because of Jesus. Did I uh, forget a detail that Jesus included? Oh yeah. There's one more thing about this. You must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you don't expect him. You're not going to know. This is something that God has kept only for himself. It could be five minutes from now. Yes, really, five minutes from now. Or it could be 5,000 years from now. You won't know. And even though you don't know when, you're ready. I think this is how I kind of come to understand being ready for something like that. Since I was a little kid, I loved basketball. I went to all my uh, older brothers and sisters' basketball games and watched them. So when it came time for me, I joined in everything. As soon as I could, I was in the backyard shooting at our hoop. As soon as I could be on the school teams, I was on the school teams. I went to all the camps. When I was in college, kept playing pickup games, definitely uh, trying to stay in shape that way. Even when I was at the seminary up in Mequon, Wisconsin, even in the middle of winter, when the wind chill was something like negative 40, I would wake up 5.15, drag myself out of bed, and play basketball with other people, even before we had classes. And one thing that got stuck in me from early on is beef. Anybody else here know beef? Oh, good. I can teach you something about basketball this morning. See, one of the things that got ingrained in me very early on is beef. It stands for balance. So you kind of got to stand a little bit balanced. Eyes, that your eyes are locked on the hoop in front of you. Elbow, that your elbow is lined squarely there. And then the F can be feet, again, lined up, or follow through. Beef, beef, beef. Good acronym, right? So as that got burned into my memory and my head, and as I did that so many times, it stuck in there. In fact, it stuck in there so much that after I put up the little uh, over-the-door hoop in my office that I like to play on now, every single time I take a shot, what happens I square up, I lock my eyes on the hoop, I make sure my elbow's there, and I follow through. Even on that little hoop, that means nothing, right? It's so burned into my head that my muscles have learned that memory, that it's something that I don't even have to think about, and it just happens. It's stuck in there like that. That's the kind of thing 
that we have in our lives. Maybe you've experienced something like that for yourself too. Something that just becomes second nature. Maybe it's that you can type on your phone without looking at the words and that text comes out perfectly. Not me, maybe you. Maybe you've gone through the materials getting ready for a test so many times that the test doesn't feel like a test. Instead, it's just this thing that pours out of you when you finish very first in class because you know it all. But you've experienced it, right? Whenever something gets buried and burned that deeply inside of you, it just becomes a part of who you are without even thinking. That's what Jesus does for us Christians when he makes us ready for the end. He makes our hearts long for what's coming next, what's better, and he gives us confidence that it is ours. It's amazing words and thoughts and emotions and experiences that we have in our lives can't get in the way when Jesus does that for us. The end is near, and he's prepared us for what's next. And this is how Jesus does it, Ascension family. When you're here, you join for worship and Jesus tells you that you're his, that he loves you, that you're forgiven. You get to sing it in the songs that we sing over and over. You hear it and you feel it when you're baptized. And God's washing water cleanses you of your sins and you're reminded of your baptism. You touch and you taste it in the Lord's Supper, poured out for you, given for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. It's why Jesus brings you back here week after week, because he's getting you ready for what's next. He's putting that deep inside of you. Jesus prepares you, uh, kids, teens, over in our school wing. As you listen to your teachers, as you read on your own, Jesus is showing you who he is. He's the one who loves you. He's the one who came to forgive you. You learn it in stories, in your crafts, in your songs, in the games you play, in the ways you support each other. Jesus is putting that deep inside of you. He's making you ready. Jesus makes you focused and ready for what's coming whenever you're in his word. Here on Sundays, yes, but another cool thing that's starting up in not too long our life groups, as we gather in each other's houses. These are so important because Jesus uses these times to make you ready so that he might use you to make someone else ready who doesn't know what's coming. You're going to build relationships. You're going to take time in his word. You're going to eat good food together. You're going to get to go out and share that good news. And you need these so that Jesus can do what he wants to do, so that Jesus can continue shaping you and making you ready. Now, uh, there are some people, if you see them on YouTube or on TV, they will convince you that if you want to be ready for the end, this is the only way to be ready. And guess what? There's a sale right now. What is that? 12 buckets? 1,000 bucks, 12 buckets, so many meals, that's 500 meals. This is the way that you're going to be prepared for the end times. Meals stacked up, meals ready, it's all going to be there. Special deal for you, end times deal, it's coming. This is the way that you're going to be prepared. And now I'm not against getting prepared physically for something bad that might happen, right? That's okay to do. But if someone's trying to convince you that this is the way that you get prepared for the end, uh, 
you can gently remind them, that's not what Jesus talks about. That's not how Jesus makes our hearts ready. No, it's not this not-so-great food that you're going to have in stock. No, there's something better than this coming. But what's really cool is God does it through a picture of food. Instead of these buckets of eh, not-so-good, God tells us what this looks like in Revelation 19. He says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. And then the angel said to me, Write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. This week, right? This is probably what life is going to look like for most of us as we gather this week. Tons of food, family, friends, gathering together, enjoying this awesome feast together. And this is the picture Jesus gives us of heaven. That there is something better. That there is this feast that is sitting there and waiting for us. That this wedding supper of the Lamb is ours. That's what we're getting ready for. That's what happens for us after the end. That's what's better than those buckets of food, right? And that's why Jesus has us here. That's why we keep coming here. Keep giving God time to work and prepare us for the end. Keep going out with that good news into our world. Because it's not time to panic. It's time to get rid of the anxiety and the fear and the distractions. It's time to know deep within yourself, let God burn this into your head and into your heart. You're ready. The end is near and you're ready for what's next. Amen.